This time on the Rule Right Radio podcast with New York Mike. This is the time for those of us that believe in the goodness of mankind, that believe that we're here for the right reasons, that there is a meaning to our lives. This is the time to celebrate when my Christian friends are embracing God through their belief in Jesus Christ, that he was born and that he's a Jew, to me, is a mitzvah. As a Jew, a mitzvah is a blessing. And so it's a wonderful thing. I'm going to do everything I can to help and encourage and appreciate and enjoy this celebration of Christmas. It's Christmas. This is a good thing. Get out there. Embrace Christmas. Enjoy Christmas. Celebrate Christmas. Wish your friends, and especially those that maybe don't believe, wish them a Merry Christmas. If they take it personally as something wrong, Christmas time is here whether they believe in it or not. trousers and motorcycle boots and a black leather jacket with his name on the back. He does a patriotic podcast called Roll Right Radio. His name is New York Mike and welcome to the show. This is Roll Right Radio on New York Mike. Yeah, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas and we're going to continue talking about Christmas. I honestly think talking about Christmas right now, There's so much to talk about. There's so much going on. I like to talk about politics, what's going on in the country, because it's so critically important. Look what we're going through. Mandates from the government, mask mandates and vaccine mandates, vaccine passports. I mean, this is the government taking over our lives. This is the civil rights issue of 2021. It's absolutely important. So many things are, but nothing, in my opinion, is more important than believing in something. I love this country. We love this country. So many in America that you wouldn't know because there's so much criticism about this country and who we are and we're racist, we're this. There's CRT and there's all this other stuff. Past presidents going around the country on apology tours and just the things that we hear from Congress and the criticism of the country. You know, we're all deplorables or we're something else. I mean, come on. We're all Americans, Democrat, Republicans. We're all Americans. There's so many people out there that aren't politically so involved in everything that goes on. People don't sit there and analyze every little thing. We're American. We want the best for the country. I'm just going to use the word every, okay? Every American wants the best for his or her country. Every one of us. Now, there are some people, obviously, that think that we're a horrible country because we're racist, because some people say we were founded on slavery and what we did to these people, to that people, what we did to the Native Americans. And what, come on, what, whatever we did, when we look back, you're taking it out of the context of the time frame of the world as it was when we did whatever it is we did. And let's look at this country as the great country it is. What makes this country as great as it is that people from all over the world, when you look at the southern border and who's coming through the southern border, remember the OTMs, other than 
Mexicans. How many countries, something like 190-something countries, are represented by these illegal immigrants? I'm being kind here. Coming across our border, trying to get through our border and get into the United States. You know why? Because we're the greatest country in the world. Because we're a country that offers everybody freedom. Someone said, remember when we were kids? And then people would say, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that. And we'd say, oh, it's a free country. And we meant it because that's one of the first things that we were taught when we were, you know, little children. It's a free country. And it is a free country. This is how we were founded. This is the, the goal, is a country in which every citizen is free to do what they will with their own lives. And that's so important. A country founded on the belief that we were endowed by our creator with inalienable rights. Our rights that we are endowed by our creator with. That's the essence. The rights aren't granted to us by a government, a king or a czar or a president or anything else. We have rights given to us by God. Now, if you believe that, and you don't believe in God, <laughs> you don't, what's the foundation of that? It's not just that. There's a reason that people believe in God. Go all the way back. And I'm talking about this because it's Christmas time. Today's the 16th. Nine days from now is December 25th, the day that Jesus was born. And yeah, let me just remind you, I am a Jew. And I love being a Jew, and I'm a proud Jew. And I remind you that Jesus was a Jew. So when I was a kid growing up in Brooklyn, I was the only Jew in the school. When I went to PS52 in the fourth grade, they moved me from Manhattan Beach to Sheepshead Bay to the projects. I lived in the apartment 6B and went to school, had a walk. It was about, I guess it was close to a mile. I was on Avenue W and Nostrand Avenue. I had to go to Avenue X, Y, and then Z. The Avenue blocks in Brooklyn are huge. They're like three city blocks. So if it's 20 blocks to a mile, those three blocks, it's about half a mile. And you get to PS52, I remember the first day there, it was sometime in April, I walked in towards, you know, the end of the school year in those days ended in June. So here it is in April, I'm nine years old, I go to the school, and they didn't know what a Jew was, okay? And so I walk in there and, they, you know, you build your friends, you, you earn your, your respect from your friends, you learn how to deal with all these issues. And amongst the issues was all my friends being mostly Catholic. I don't remember too many in between. All the Irish, all their parents, uh, IRA people, man. Look, they weren't orange, okay? That was the big deal. And so, not that I know a lot about that stuff, but, you know, you, you realize that what's important, the Irish Catholics, man, they're really Catholic. It's not just a cross. It's a cross with Jesus on the cross. And so, we'd sit around, we'd do whatever we did, and We'd hang out, and after even I got to be friendly with these guys, it wasn't an anti-Semitic thing. I was just a Jew. They didn't know what a Jew was. And some of the things that they heard about Jews wasn't very kind. I remember being in a fourth or fifth grade assembly, and one of the guys I knew very well, 
Cliffy Rowan. Oh, my God, was he a Nazi. Red-headed kid, you know, definitely. I remember him standing up saying, hey, it's getting cold in here. Throw another Jew on the fire. You know, you, you got to stand up to that stuff. That's what I did. You had to. I was also about <laughs> probably the smallest kid in the whole school. But you earn your right, and you sit around with friends, and then they talk to you. These are 9, 10, 11-year-old kids, man. The 4th, 5th, 6th grade, when you're talking to them, they, they, you killed Jesus. What are you talking about? I'm a Jew. Jesus was a Jew. You learn how to defend yourself when you're in that kind of situation. It wasn't like there were a lot of Jewish kids. They moved in later. Yeah, not so much the projects, but the co-ops all around the projects that went up a little later after we moved in. And the Jewish kids started coming in. Already had my friends. We were all bonded. But even with that, there was still this, what do you have against Jews? You, know, you killed Jesus. And then we had all the jokes and the, and the rest of it. And believe me, I, I told plenty of them. There was plenty, plenty of jokes to go around where I made fun of most of these guys. And I wasn't shy about it. And every once in a while, it would come to a swing out. They'd be punching at each other. And this is the way it was growing up. But they fervently believed in God. They believed his Christmas was coming. And I, I do remember back then how everything was, keep Jesus, keep Christ in Christmas. It was important then. It seems like we might have lost our grip on that. It seems like everything became about the gifts and the presents and all the other things, and going through all these other rituals that were not based on the belief in God, but the belief in, hey, it's a time to celebrate. We're getting off school for 10 days. And it just seems to have become something as the whole country seems to have gravitated in a direction. And I'm not saying that the country is, is anti-religion. I'm saying that there's a large faction that is, that seems to be saying things like, that's so silly, it's superstitious, or it's not right. And I just feel the opposite. I feel this is the time. Not to cling to our Bibles and our guns. We're not clinging. These are things that are important to us. This is what this country's founded on. A belief in God and the right for each and every citizen to be an entity of themselves, to be able to own and to keep and bear arms. That's important. An important part of our citizenship is to be able to know that we can individually defend ourselves against crime, against all the things that you need weapons for, and against any eventual government takeover of our lives. That's what the Revolutionary War was about. When the British were here, the British soldiers, they had license to come into your home and use your home to house the British soldiers. That's what they put them. People didn't follow that. Hey, if, if you need a place for some of the soldiers to sleep, you don't have enough barracks, hey, you come into our house. No, that's not what it was. The Brits just went and said, hey, get out or move over in the corner over there. And the master bedroom suite and all the rest, that's going to go to the colonel and the captains. I mean, that's what they did. And we said, we're going to stop that. And then, of course, the militia that became the Continental Army of George Washington, 
that militia grew out of all these Americans, the Minutemen, all these Americans who became Americans in 1776, when we declared our independence, every American had their own muskets or whatever weapons we were able to have. And so that's a tradition. That's a legacy of what America is. So many countries out there that wanted to invade America, when they sat around and said, okay, we're going to take over the country, we're going to win the war, the other generals say, well, yeah, well, we do that, but what are we going to do when we go into the country? Every one of these people have guns. They all have weapons. Yeah, we got to think about that one. So it's always been a deterrent. We're not privy to their planning sessions when they think about coming over and taking over, whether it was the French, whether it was the British in 1812, whether it was the Japanese or the Germans. We don't remember Hitler's letter to Garcia. I mean, come on, this is history. And if we don't know it and understand it, we're doomed to repeat it. We need to learn from history. One of the lessons that we need to understand, what gives us this fortitude, this confidence in who we are? It's our belief in God, that our rights, our country, they come from God. God is goodness. And if you remember, a lot of people out there aren't from San Diego or California. I know you're all around the country. By the way, some people are in other countries. And I appreciate every one of you out there. But there was a battle here to save the cross on Mount Soledad. Now, that cross was erected in 1954 on Mount Soledad. It was erected to honor those from La Jolla, San Diego, which is where Mount Soledad is located who gave their lives in the Korean War. So after the war, they put that cross up, and then eventually it became something to recognize those who gave their lives in every war and from everywhere. But in 1989, there was a lawsuit that was brought by a, a guy named Philip Paulson. And Philip Paulson lived in lawyer, and he could see the cross. He was an atheist, and it offended him. And he sued to have it taken down. Now, he won the lawsuit. The battle lasted for years and years. And in 2005, I filed a petition that forced this city of San Diego to take a vote. And we won the vote. 75, 76% of the citizens in San Diego. And we had an overwhelming vote. We needed 36,000 votes. We had over 100,000. I think it was 90-something thousand when they took out those who didn't live in San Diego City proper. But it was an overwhelming vote, and we won it. But it was a battle. And I knew Philip Paulson. I met Philip Paulson. We talked. He was a Vietnam veteran. He was a combat vet, as I was. And when he came out of the war, he was disillusioned. He hated God. What he saw and what he went through, and I understand this. And in my conversations with him, I was able to have that dialogue, have that talk discuss his feelings. And I said, Philip, I went through the same war. Being in that war, going through the same thing, seeing the same things you saw, maybe worse. I said, seeing all that just reinforced my belief in God, gave me more reason to dig deep down and, and say, I'm not going to let anything shake my belief. This belief, like everything else in life, is being tested. And this is no time to fail that test.
and say there's no God. What do we have without God? You know, we're just here and then we're gone? No, I don't believe that. I refuse to believe that. So why are you forcing me to agree with you and say that cross has to come down? Look, I don't worship the cross. The cross isn't a, a symbol of my belief in God. But it's a symbol of most Americans' belief in God. It's a symbol of most of the people that, that are around here. And I'm going to support them. Just like during the worst times for Jews in the Holocaust, there were Christians that stood up. The people that hit Anne Frank in that house in the Netherlands, they were Christians. I appreciate that. And it's time for me to step up when the symbols of Christianity are under attack. And I, I said, Philip, why? Okay, you have your beliefs. You're entitled. You want to be an atheist? You want to say there is no God? I want to say that more than ever, more than anything, going through that war, going through the same experience you went through, gives me more reason to believe in God because it's so important. It's more important than ever when you see the evil, the evil that's out there, to say that there's goodness through all of this evil. There's a reason. There's a light at the end of this tunnel of life. There's something that is right about humanity. For me to go through it, to, for me to say that, you know, I, I don't believe that, is for me to just turn my back on everything that I was taught, everything that I learned, all the wonderful things. When you get a broken finger, I had a broken toe once. I'm speaking from experience. I kicked John Roper in the head. Hey, I'm a martial artist. We trained, especially back in those days, every day. And John Roper was a great kid. This is in South Carolina at Barcoots Karate School. And John and I were both brown belts at the same time. And we were coming up. And um, I threw a roundhouse kick, and I threw it right at him. And I think it was either he blocked it with his elbow, and it was right on. Boom! Crushed my big toe. Oh, my God. The world evolved around my big toe. Everything else stopped. The pain was so intense. I'll never forget it. Yeah, I had to go to the hospital. Oh, man, I was on crutches for at least a month. But the pain, it was for days it, it wouldn't go away. When things like that happen, you focus on it. Everything is like your entire body. Forget about feeling good here or there or everywhere. You ever have a back situation where you can't walk and your back goes out? The world is just about that. That's what happens. That's all you can think about. That's all you focus on. And when it's something you're witness to, you're part of, you see it. All the other stuff that goes on in the world, all the goodness in the world, all the good deeds by individuals, all the bravery, the courage, the things that we look at and go, wow. The charity, those Christians in Nazi Germany, in Poland, in everywhere in the world. Schindler's List. Remember Schindler's List? All those wonderful things. You don't think about those things. You think about all the horrible things of the world. During some of the worst times in our history of mankind, during the Inquisition, there were horrible things going on, but there were also incredibly wonderful things going on. Humanity has evolved over the centuries, and we've gotten better and better. There's still atrocities going on and war 
any war. Good, bad, indifferent, they're all bad. There's nothing good. Nothing. Nothing from beginning to end but one big atrocity. I get it. And in the middle of that atrocity, there are some incredible things going on. I listened today, and President Biden gave three, just the bravest of Americans, the Medal of Honor. Think about it. Think about the bravery and courage that's displayed by, in the middle of the most horrendous things going on, and his courage, human courage, on display in ways that you can't even imagine. The generosity. Soldiers taking care of little kids that are caught in the middle of gunfights and battles and, and every war, everywhere. There's always the good, but you don't see it. Whenever there's something bad, you know, the newspapers, they say, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah, that's going to be the headline. But you got to read the whole paper, if it's an honest paper. We don't have too many of those around anymore. But there's that good. And I'm always searching for the good. And this is Christmas time. This is the time to celebrate what's good about the world. And look, when I say Jesus was a Jew, Jesus was a Jew, and Christianity is built on Judaism. The book of Genesis, you may call it the Old Testament. To me, it's the Bible. It's our Bible. That's the whole deal right there. Then you got the New Testament built on the Old Testament. So it's all connected. Even Islam, somehow, Abraham, the first Jew, the first human to say there is one God. You know, we say, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Hear, H-E-A-R, hear. All of Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Monotheism, the belief in one God. There was a time when the caveman was there, and there was no other way to explain all the things that went on. And again, most of them were tragic. Most of it was lightning striking and being attacked by animals and being attacked by other tribes. You reach out, you look for some salvation. You look to that and say, listen, God, please. And they believed in the God of everything. If something happened that was bad here, it was the God of this. If it was the man, it was the God of that. The Romans had so many gods. The Greeks had so many. The Norsemen had so many gods. And then there came a time that the people said, there's just one God. And that was Abraham. And so we have Abraham who is the first Jew, and the Muslims look at Abraham and his son, and it's all intertwined today amongst these three religions, somehow, some way. And here we have Christmas, the birth of Christ. And this country needs to understand that Merry Christmas, forget about this happy holiday. I remember listening to Bill O'Reilly. It was the first time I remember talking about the war on Christmas, pointing out all these people saying happy holidays and season's greetings and all that. It's like a denial of God. It's a denial of what this holiday is. 
Let the seasons greetings. Happy holidays. Yeah, that's fine. It's Merry Christmas. It's enjoy Christmas. The birth, if you're a Christian, the birth of your God. And for me, a Jew, it's like, hey, <laughs> I got a billion Christians believing that this Jewish kid is the Messiah, the God that was, you know, there's always been promised, the coming of God, the first coming, the second coming, whatever. God chose a Jew, the chosen people. Yeah, because he chose a Jew. I've always looked at that as pretty meaningful. So whether or not I want to believe that Jesus is God or the Son of God or the whatever, I give him credit for being the most, as I talked about this, the most important and influential human being ever on the planet. But it's God. This isn't all here randomly. All the things that just come all around us, you think that your consciousness just goes away? Oh, yeah, you just uh, dust to dust, ashes, there. you're gone. There is nothing else. Really? All the things that make you you, well, they're gone? Well, what makes you think that? What makes you believe that? No. There's a reason for this humanity that we are blessed to be a part of. There's a reason for all this. Now, if you don't think so, excuse me. You go ahead and believe what you want, like Philip Paulson. But respect the other people's belief. I just saw something about the cemetery that these satanic people marked all these crosses with satanic things, swastikas or whatever they were. It's like, why is that so important to you? So if you're an atheist, you're a person that thinks that religion is horrible, terrible, for whatever reason, why are you destroying those things, those symbols that are important to us that we have to celebrate our belief in God, our belief that gives us courage, faith, something to believe in, bigger than ourselves, that gives us the ability to be humble. Humility is so important to a successful life and to know that there's something bigger than us, more important than us. People sacrifice their lives. And those of us who think of things like in that way, I'm trying to think of the analogy here. This is from my friend who owns Forge Clothing, okay? Mike is an awesome guy. So he writes wise words from this gold squadron operator, I either want to die in combat, doing my job right now, or live till I'm 99 years old and see my great grandkids. I don't want anything in between. None of us do. A warrior's death. You can't get any higher than that. It's horrible for the family. They don't want to hear that. But for us, the guys at our command, we're okay with it. That's our duty, the highest calling. And if that happens to you, you hope you're in the right frame of mind that you're okay with it. I've seen a lot of people go, not well. Had they been able to do another take on it, they would probably want it to go better. You know, when you're in that situation, 
You've picked up arms. You've decided to defend the country, your family, the things you believe in. You recognize that it is at that time the highest calling you could have. You're going to sacrifice your life so others may live. What is it, John 316? Is that? I'm a Jew, remember. God, excuse me. But isn't that the one that says, no one has a greater love than he who gives his life for another? I mean, that's a highest cause. And it's because we believe in this life and the afterlife. There is something. There's more to this than just being here and getting the next meal and the next piece of shiny whatever, jewelry, a nicer car, a bigger house. There's more to this life. And there is an afterlife. We believe in heaven and hell. The satanics, they want to d destroy our cemeteries because they don't believe in God. So they use satanic emblems or whatever. So they believe in the devil <laughs> and they'll worship the devil, but they don't believe in God. Come on, if you're going to believe in one, you're going to believe in the other. So this is the time of the year to embrace your belief in God, to think about it. Spend a minute, read the Bible, embrace something that's bigger than you, bigger than life, bigger than the next problem, bigger than the things that you're afraid of. Give support to those people that do what they can do for other people, whether it's Samaritan's Purse or any of these other great organizations that reach out and yes, this corruption is everywhere. Yes, we've seen priests molesting kids. Yeah, we've seen all that. But that's the bad in the middle of all that good. That's why Christmas time, we celebrate goodness. We bring toys to kids and happiness and joy. We wish a Merry Christmas to everybody because there's so much good. Celebrate the good in the world. Celebrate the fact that, that this world that we live in is a place that goodness is going to happen in the middle of all of it. Look, if we didn't have horrible things going on, we wouldn't be able to appreciate the good things going on. Sometimes, you know, the hard times just motivate us to, to get out there and work and get up a little earlier and spend a little more time focused on getting to good times. We have to work for it. It's there. You have to work for it. You have to fight for it. You have to be willing to get out there and do it. If you do it, if you fight for it, and you're successful and you win, it doesn't matter how much you win. You keep on fighting every day. Get to that point where you can look back and go, oh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. My family's okay. My kids are okay. My nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, we're okay. Okay, if we're not, we're going to fight a little harder. Hey, Uncle Joe's having a problem. Let's, let's help him out. Let's do this. Let's, that's what we do. That's the goodness. But God helps those who help themselves. you got to fight for it. If it's all easy, you know, you're just going to say, oh, okay, good. Ah, oh, good, I got this. I can do that. But when it's not easy, it's hard. And you go out and you motivate yourself. You inspire yourself and you inspire others. By doing that, that's what Christmas is about. That's why we have these bikers. We have these toy runs. In every place you go and everywhere you go, you see different things 
to help children, to help families that are struggling, help the people in Kentucky going through what they've gone through. Some of those people coming together, yeah, they've suffered some hardships, but the spiritual side of us that whatever it is that makes us believe in each other is what makes us believe in God and gives us the confidence. I know I said last time, this whole religion thing, it's the organizer, how to live your life and go forward. There's nothing bad in the rules. There's nothing that says you're going to hurt, that you're going to steal, you're going to lie. As a matter of fact, every religion I know says the opposite. You're going to tell the truth. You're going to be honest. You're going to help thy neighbor. You're going to do unto others as you would have others do unto you. These are the things that religion teaches us that we can pass on to our children, to the next generation, that we can hope and believe that our neighbors believe in those things. We don't have to look over our shoulder every day of our lives. I mean, even if it, in the real world, you do have to, because evil is out there. But the opposite of evil is the belief in God. And if, yeah, the belief in your God makes it think that it's okay for you to go to war. and go, No, that war isn't caused by a belief in God. The war is fought because of greed. And people that use that belief to inspire others to get out there and, and fight, they're using God for bad intentions, bad things. And I'll, I'll say this a thousand times. The road to hell is paved with bad intentions. So we see that. But this is the time for those of us that believe in the goodness of mankind, that believe that we're here for the right reasons, that there is a meaning to our lives. This is the time to celebrate when my Christian friends are embracing God through their belief in Jesus Christ, that he was born and that he's a Jew, to me, is a mitzvah. As a Jew, a mitzvah is a blessing. <laughs> and so it's a wonderful thing. I'm going to do everything I can to help and encourage and appreciate and enjoy this celebration of Christmas. It's Christmas. This is a good thing. Get out there. Embrace Christmas. Enjoy Christmas. Celebrate Christmas. Wish your friends, and especially those that maybe don't believe, wish them a Merry Christmas. If they take it personally as something wrong, Christmas time is here whether they believe in it or not. It's Christmas time, right? So you guys, you don't believe in God, I get it, but have a Merry Christmas anyway. You know, there's 12 days of Christmas. Enjoy it. Have a Merry Christmas. Enjoy this time of the year. You don't want to share with us the, the belief? It's okay. I'm not a believer in the whole God story, but I'm a believer. I'm a believer that the people that do believe that, I'm going to be behind them 100%. I would never say anything that would besmirch anyone who believes that. That's their belief. That's how they get to God. However you get to God, if that's the direction, if that's where you're going, if that's what you embrace, yeah, I'm going to support you. I've been watching what I think. Is an amazing story on Netflix. I'm in the fifth season. Now, this is the last season. I've talked about it before, but let me get just a little more specific. I'm going to talk about this some other time. I'm going to get more involved in it because 
I think it's worth it. It's called Resurrection Erdogan. Erdogan is a Muslim leader in the 12th century. It's probably going on around the middle 1100s. It's just before the Second Crusade because there's a lot going on between Erdogan, who's the leader of this Muslim tribe, this Turkish tribe, going up against God. On one side, he's got the Mongols. On the other side, the Byzantine Empire, which is all these, what you call it, knights who fought the crusade to take Jerusalem and this epic series. Now, I've read a lot of books about things. And when I read the books, I get a picture in my mind. And the picture in my mind is based on what I know. But this is a Turkish production in Turkish. It has English subtitles. So I read the subtitles, and I've been doing this for months and months and months. But it's all in Turkish. It's their story. And it says these stories are based on our history. And I know this is authentic because this is Turkish history. They paint the picture of their life at that time of the world, their lives in 1100s AD. And they're devout Muslims. The Islamic world is fresh. You know, it's. 500 years old, and throughout each episode, there's stories told by the imams to the children and to the nobility, to Erdogan, and to all his chieftains and his warriors, they're called Alps. And so the stories of Muhammad and how they went, it's all weaved into this great epic story of Erdogan and how he leads his people through the most horrible situations. You get attached. They do a great job. The costumes and the, the tents, they're, they're not the tents that we see that the American Indians put up. It's these tents are like big housing developments. And there's hundreds and hundreds of tents in each of these nomad places. And each of the tribes, there's so many of these tribes. From what I've seen, there's probably a hundred tribes out there, just like the one that the story is focused on the Ki tribes, and Erdogan is the leader of the tribes. And it, and then I find out it's true. Erdogan Ghazi is the real person that this is based on, and it was heartening to find out because he gets wounded, he gets beat up, he gets captured, he gets tortured, he comes back, he fights. I mean, and the story is full of all this tragic kind of backstabbing and all the traitors and. And within the tribes and what's going on, it's horrible. It's all there. And yet he's focused on his belief in Allah, his God, his religion, this religion of Islam. And yeah, listen, they glorify it in ways that I look at it and go, well, I wish they would think like that. Because Erdogan, when he takes over the marketplace, he takes it over and he makes sure that all the other merchants, all the merchants in the marketplace, whether they're Christian or Jews or what they are, that they all are treated fairly and justly. And okay, well, it's not the way I've seen the Muslim world work in my lifetime, but I'm glad to see that this is what they want to project. This is the story they want to tell because this is how they see themselves. That's good. That's good. But the one over overriding thing of everything is that he believes in this justice 
the truth. He won't step outside the boundaries of truth for anything, no matter the consequence or no matter what he can gain from it. He just stays that course, focused on the truth and goodness. And again, everything is about Allah, his belief in God. It's so deep. It's so strong. And in the face of some of the most unbelievable tragedies. Now, I'm not saying that each and every detail of every story is true. I don't know. Probably not. Some of it's made up. Some of it are just stories passed down. But it's all based on history to some degree. Somebody said they built this series on a um, hypothesis of some documentaries, histories, maybe, you know, a dozen pages of history and whatever it was. They took it from that history. They built on it with what they know their world was like. And they told the story of Erdogan Ghazi, his life, his family, his tribes, and his children. And where I'm up to, it's his third child, Osman Ghazi, by his wife who died in childbirth. I mean, all these things that these people went through never, ever shook their belief that Allah was there for the good, for the bad, it was always about their belief in God. And his third son grows up to be the founder of the Ottoman Empire. And Erdogan himself dies at 90 years old in Istanbul of kidney failure. Some of these battles are historic. And, and they've been documented over the years. So they're not all just fantasies. I mean, you look at them and you go, oh my God, could this guy really have done that? Could these guys, him and his Alps, his warriors around them, they just look like they're invincible. But then a couple of them that you get very attached to over a couple of seasons of getting to know them and seeing their stories, their history, they've done a great job. And they die, they get killed, they lose a battle here or there. Terrible things happen. And yet, through it all, it's their belief, their unwavering belief in God that keeps them focused, keeps them from despair. No matter what they go through, they go through hell, keeps them from despair. And I read you what my friends on these SEAL teams say, that dying in battle is a noble thing. Well, these guys live to be martyred, to die in battle. And they could only do that by having this deep belief in God in this life and in the afterlife. And it's real. And you could see the power in that, the power that it gives you. Nothing, no matter how much money you can gather together, no matter how much treasure, whatever, nothing can make you as powerful as that belief in God. I don't know how to say it better than that because I've always felt the same way. I didn't always see that path, but I've always felt that way. And it's like these Turkish people who've written this. And by the way, when this resurrection Earth girl is over and we get to the end of this season, then the next season is about his son. There's a whole new series about Osman. And I think that series is in its 
third season, and I'm anxious to see how they portray the life of Osman, Osman, as they say, and how he goes forward and just builds this Ottoman Empire. It's fascinating. And it shows you that the human spirit, the ability to believe in God, gives you the ability to believe in yourself, gives you that confidence, that courage, that feeling not of invincibility, that's for sure, but that feeling that even though you're anything but invincible, we're all fragile, and some of these characters die off at younger ages and at the height of their, their lives, and it's so tragic and sad, but yet, yet, the ones who were there and who were left in the fighting know that they're fighting for the lives and for the sacrifice that was made by those who gave their life. And it just feeds on itself. The power builds on itself because of that belief in the Almighty, that belief in God. And here we are in America. We could talk about inflation. We could talk about the border. But if we lose our ability to believe in God, we've lost it all. And you can't force people. These atheists, okay, God bless them. You can't force them to believe in God. But you can celebrate your belief. When you celebrate Christmas, when you celebrate the holidays, Hanukkah, Christmas, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, I, you know, Passover, my God, I love Passover. All these holidays are so important that we celebrate the fact that there's a God. There's something bigger than all of us, that our lives have meaning. We don't just live and die, that we don't just accumulate things. That the best thing to accumulate are those things which make us a better person and help people all around us. And that's why Christmas is so important. Let's not just say that the war on Christmas is over. It'll never be over. There's always going to be people trying to beat down those of us who believe in something. That's the challenge of belief. First, you've got to understand it, internalize it. More importantly, you have to understand there's always going to be things that challenge it. And rising up to that challenge, that's the hardship. That's the hardship. The being hungry and cold and, and going through the things that I've lived through. I saw my father live through it. We've all, not we've all, but a lot of us have been through tough times. They're hard. But the times that challenge our spirituality, those are the times, those are the hardships that we have to overcome. And then we can overcome everything. Listen, I want to wish everybody out there a Merry Christmas. Christmas is coming. It's coming. And it's a wonderful time of the year. Celebrate it. Enjoy it. If you're a Christian, keep Christ in Christmas. Remember what it's all about. And if you're not a Christian, enjoy your friends and, and co-workers and everybody out there that's celebrating. Watch them celebrate. Help them celebrate. Appreciate that they're celebrating something that's wonderful and good and doesn't threaten anybody. I'm New York Mike. 
This is Roll Right Radio, and we are rolling right. And yeah, Merry Christmas, and I'm out. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Roll Right Radio podcast. Listen, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.